When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hope you're having a good week, everyone. Thank you for spending part of it with us. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, looking forward to Monday Night Football in Santa Clara. It's week four, and it's a rivalry renewed. It is San Francisco 49ers week, and that means DeMarco's got a different look in his eye. Yeah, uh, I do. It, it's them. Um, look, the, the hatred is still there. You know what? Let me, let me take you back to why. Uh, I'm sitting in a locker room, first time ever. I'm, I'm coming from Washington, dominant program, high school. Sitting in a 49er locker room or in candlestick, and it was the first time a coach ever admitted defeat at halftime. They were just so much better than we were. Our defensive coordinator said to us, I think they scored like 28 points in the first quarter, first half, whatever it was. Hey, we may not beat the 49ers today. And I'm, what? So they were that much better. And it made me realize how crucial it is in this NFL. Like, they're that good to, to where no matter what we do, they're still going to beat us. And they did it over and over again until it was impressed in my head that we knew we were going to lose that week. You know what I mean? So to get to the Super Bowl, we were going to have to get through them and that mental aspect. So, And they tried to keep us down. So, yeah, that hatred is real. So I am with Aaron. I can't stand these guys. This is a big week. I'm glad you led me there because it feels like for the first time in my tenure – the players are as bought into this rivalry as the fans have always been. Is that accurate? Like, they're actually yeah. chirping. There's bulletin board material. Not that anyone needs it. But it's good that everyone kind of finally embraces, especially with Seattle kind of taking a little bit of a dive. Like, hey, let's lock in. Let's go head-to-head. We're the powers of the West. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I- I'm glad the rivalry has been reconnected and reignited and the fan base uh, is behind it. But it's true. Um, and I was thinking about something on the way over. Sean McVay, as it relates to Bill Belichick, has a chance to really disrupt the 49ers franchise. If you can turn this era of of 49er football around and make it ineffective against you, they might change at some point, which means they're going to be starting over again. So that's how Belichick stayed on the East for so long, on top of the East. So if you can somehow take this physical beat you up 49ers run game and mentality and turn it around and beat them at their own game, you could destroy them. Let me repeat this back to you. I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Yeah. They've already dismantled one era of Seattle Seahawks football, correct? Correct. They've already taken apart at least one era of Arizona Cardinals football and might be... On the way to two. Yeah. But you're saying they can do the same to the Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch 49ers if they handle their business in a certain way. Look, the 49ers have been beating the Rams physically. They've beat them up. You talked about the the, the rushing attempts and how they won. Debo Samuel running through you. George Kittle running over you. It's been a physical style. Uh, The the, the Rams are more finesse. 11 personnel, they can't keep up with that physical style. Well, it's kind of changed. Slowly but surely, the Rams have become just as physical. So that's why I can't wait for Monday night. If the Rams beat the 49ers in their own stadium at their own game say cam Akers goes berserk and that offensive line goes berserk and they keep matthew stafford upright and healthy and they beat them physically 
the fan base is already pretty upset with what happened with the 49ers and Garoppolo and Trey Lance. You could turn this franchise upside down this year if you beat them at their own game. Wow. I need to follow up on something there. One second, though. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. Just to give you an overview of where we're going on this edition of Rams All Access, Nick Wagoner covers the Niners. We'll get the latest from him on what's been a tough week in San Francisco. The one and two Niners in a familiar position at home, cornered trying to beat the Rams to get their season back on track. We'll also go a lap around the division because this is a huge opportunity potentially before the Rams play week four. Seattle is at Detroit. Arizona is at Carolina. But a couple of things on that. I think you make a great point. I really I feel what you're saying, and I think it's, it's very intuitive, but it's awfully sudden. Mm-hmm. It is awfully sudden because there's like one play standing between – the Rams holding the Lombardi Trophy versus holding a seven-game losing streak. Oh no! Doubt. To these same 49ers. Yeah. like I, I, I agree. They have come a long way, and it feels like they have found in themselves the way that they need to play to beat this era of San Francisco 49ers. But it's a one-game sample size. Oh, and it was for all the marbles. And this is the next one in the series, so maybe they stem the tide. Look, the W is all that matters, but. If the Rams build on what they did in Arizona and how they played and how physically they played up front, if they can translate that to Monday, and San Francisco's hurting, especially on the O-line, so this might be your best opportunity. If they turn it around and get after Garoppolo and and smash them on Monday night, just the noise in San Fran will become that much louder, and you see they're sensitive to that noise i know you know this because we spoke about it monday but i want to share this with our audience because i did not know this until monday the rams put pads on before the nfc championship game in practice give me some context here it it is extremely rare Ask for pads (laughs) right like the eric weddle rams said we're putting pads on to prepare for this nfc championship game uh, on rams revealed our player podcast on monday grant haley who did a phenomenal job stepping in in the secondary in that win over arizona just mentioned that in passing i said whoa 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 hold up did you just say what i think you said the Rams put pads on in January to prepare for the Niners. And I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill. No, but you're right. That doesn't happen in this league anymore, and it especially doesn't happen in Thousand Oaks where the Rams are an above-the-neck practice no, it, team. it can happen, definitely. But I'll, I'll say this, and, and it was important. I thought this was uh, very critical. Sean McVay didn't say pads. Like, he didn't put pads on the schedule and made them put them on. No, no, no. That's been tried, and you get a lot of grumbles in, in January. The players asked for it. That means they understood what was in front of them and what they needed to do. So, look, there's there's only one way around San Francisco, and it's through them. You, you can't outthink sheer blunt force trauma. You know right. what I mean? I mean, you're going to have to go through it, meet it with force, and, and beat it. So, yeah, players asking for pads, uh, great. That's an awesome story. It doesn't happen often, but... That tells you everything you need to know about that squad. Weddle, barring a last-minute development, will not be dressing for this game, yeah. nor will Von Miller, of course. But they do have, I think, a critical ingredient, and that is Bobby Wagner. In the middle of their defense, who you have said outright, they signed him to win this game, to to be there on Monday night and to help them topple the 49ers the way that he has 16 times in 20 tries wearing 
a Seahawks uniform. 16-4 and four against San Francisco career with some of his best production. No fear. Absolutely zero fear of the 49ers. All that physical stuff we talk about with San Fran, you, look, you ask him about it, you mention it to him, it's a blank stare like, really, you guys? You fear them? Okay, let me show you what's really what's really going on. So I, I just that wide linebacker stance when those guards come off, that center comes off, he absolutely hits you in the face, gets his hands in, and he disconnects and he goes to the football. Something you did not have, something you haven't had at middle linebacker in a long time. I mean, really, I'm going back all the way to like London Fletcher. I mean, a real oak tree in the middle of the field that you can't move. So. That makes everything tough, especially for a football team that likes to run down the hash mark. So I'll keep saying this. With as good as Bobby Wagner is, it's only going to make Ernest Jones that much better. I'm glad you went there next because I think so much of the spotlight being on Bobby because he's new and he's a future Hall of Famer has maybe stolen some of the limelight from a good first month of the season for Ernest. And look, I think you were right this morning in our other podcast Mm -hmm. to to not mention the names of the previous off-ball linebackers who really struggled, I think, against the 49ers offensive blueprint right like Kyle Shanahan picked on them of course right they're in a much much stronger fortified position run and pass I think going to San Francisco on Monday oh yeah I mean look offensive coordinators run game coordinators so funny sitting down listening to them the way Sean McVay talks about matchups with corners of safeties you should hear them talk about centers and guards on your linebackers if I can get this guy here we win. If I can get this guy on top of this guy, this guy can't get off. It's a little bit different with Bobby Wagner. You know what I mean? They're talking technique, get down low, we may need some help because he's going to blow you back into that A-gap. So it's a little bit different, but I think with Ernest Jones, at some point it's going to be undeniable because his numbers will be there. Mm -hmm. He's going to make a lot of free hits, especially Monday night if the Rams can hold their gaps up front. Bobby Wagner is Bobby Wagner, and somebody's got to make the play. I think it would be foolish to expect, though, anything other than Garoppolo and Shanahan's best, right? Like, it was an unprecedented offseason. Jimmy G said goodbye to the 49er Mm. faithful, had shoulder surgery, uh, went to the market for a trade, took a pay cut, and is now a very incentivized backup turn starter again. Um, What's old is new again. (laughs) And he was bad. And so was this offense in Denver. We watched it coming home from Arizona. But I think it would be fool's gold to think that you're going to get anything other than the 49ers' breakout performance. He was bad in spots. He wasn't all bad. He really wasn't. I mean, there were some shades of old school, that's how they got to the Super Bowl, the way he puts it where you need it, how quick. Shout out, wasn't that Neil Elitrosh, the Rams team doctor that fixed his shoulder? He's doing most of them these days. He's putting Dr. James Andrews out of business, I think. Okay, when you go home again, just look at Jimmy G and watch how fast his release is. That doesn't look like a guy coming off shoulder surgery. So you're saying he looks healthy. He has he's got zip on the football. He look, said he was rusty, that he was kind of feeling it in that arm because he got a lack of offseason work. He was yeah. taking two reps. But two there were some really good throws to to Debo. There were some good throws to Kittle. There's some great throws to Brandon Ayuk. Um they ran the ball well. It's just, you know, I think the entire team is still coming around, much like the Rams. And maybe to your other point, this might change preseason next year. I think you mentioned on the other podcast that scoring is down. Yes. And I bet preseason participation is way down. Selling that. I'm, I'm just selling saying, all of that. I'm just saying. You know, what, you know what it is? What? Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio. What do you mean? Everybody's playing. Oh, that nasty. Umbrella coverage. Cr- yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, sooner or later, offenses will answer back and evolve, and I can't wait for that. And I think Sean McVay already 
has started to. We can talk yeah. about that in our next segment, but it's prevalent. It's pervasive. Everybody is doing this now. No doubt, but Look, not like in Arizona. That was ridiculous. That was taking it to the nth degree. <laughs> that was not a lot of fun. Um, one other quick thought on 49ers offense versus Rams defense, and then yeah. we'll break and flip it. Their offensive line is going to look different. It's not going to look its best, um, interior and exterior. Mm-hmm. But I, I say that with a caveat, which is the 49ers have taken some beat-up offensive lines into this matchup with the Rams and still found a ton of success. So taking nothing for granted, but losing Trent Williams is a huge deal. Huge. Might be the best left tackle in the game. Easily. At, can I say one thing before we go? Uh, the play before... He was protecting himself. They ran a wham right behind him. He looks back to protect his feet like, I don't want to get hurt. And on the very next play, he gets rolled up in Mm. the same spot. You want to talk about Erie. It was crazy. But they're going to miss him. That was a safety too, right? Yeah. Rolled him up. Absolutely. I mean, that was on the safety play. It should have been a pick six. Mm. Well. All right. Coming back, we will talk about Matthew Stafford and hear from Sean McVay why he thought that was Stafford's best performance of the season so far, potentially, even though he didn't throw for a touchdown pass. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long, and this is a Monday Night Football preview, week four edition of Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, the Rams and 49ers renew their rivalry under the Monday Night Lights in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium. It's been too long since the Rams got a road win against the rival 49ers. We'll see if Matthew Stafford and the Rams can do it. It might require one of the best offensive game plans of the year. Stafford played a clean game at Mm -hmm. Arizona, Uh, so much so that pro football focus did not hit him with a single turnover-worthy play. I think that's a a positive indicator to Marco. We've been looking for that for a long time from nine. I think we found the secret to helping Matthew Stafford not turn the ball over. Which is? Only play about 54 snaps or whatever it was. Uh, I, I think it's more than that, but your point is yeah. well taken. He threw a couple of picks in both regular season games against yeah. the Niners in 2021, then went for uh, two touchdowns and a pick in the NFC Championship game. Now, he's, he throwing, now he, he's throwing downfield less. And he's throwing downfield less successfully, although the receivers have something to do with that. But I want to go back to you know how he graded out and how he took care of the football on the road in Arizona because it was something that Sean McVay noticed too. You know, I mean, sometimes you get away with forcing one into coverage and they might not catch it and then nobody really talks about it, um, you know, but you got to be process over results oriented and driven. And so um, he did a great job with that. I thought I thought he threw the ball really accurately. I thought he saw the field really well. And, um, you know, I, I would agree with them. I, I'm not familiar with all of it, but uh, yeah. with if that's their assessment of it, uh, we do agree on something. All right, so there you go. Um, Big-time-worthy throws, yes. Turnover-worthy plays, no. I think Pro Football Focus does a really good job with quarterbacks. Uh, I am a proponent of their work, especially when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks. You know, uh, you know, maybe it's it's an easier spot to grade because either you missed or you didn't. You know, some of the other grades, it kind of gets weird. But I'm with you. Matthew Stafford, I thought, played his best football. Um and he was the better quarterback on the field. And Arizona got home with a few stunts and blitzes. The problem is he was just better than they were that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that third down spin out 
laser beam sidearm to Cooper Cup was about as good as any play you're going to see in the history of this league. And you needed that on game day because the the tide has started to turn. So uh, he got the ball out fast. I thought he was great at extending plays, and I thought he was great uh, in concert with the offensive line picking up those multiple quirky stunts they were throwing Mm -hmm. at. I feel like flying home from San Francisco Monday night, we could be saying one of two things. Either the Rams are due for a breakout offensive performance or the first three weeks should have been an indication that we should have been more concerned than we have been about their offense. Here's a little bit of context okay. uh, for what I'm saying, and then you tell me where you land. 20.3 points per game, barely 300 yards per game through three weeks. Both of those averages are the fewest in the first three games of a Sean McVay season. Like I said, Stafford, who's been known for throwing vertical and being very accurate downfield, is throwing downfield less and less successfully, and there's a variety of factors there. Um, but just as I say out of, the, out of the side of my mouth, you know, in one respect, he didn't throw for a touchdown pass last week. He could have had four. Yeah. Allen Robinson dropped one. Uh, he missed Cooper Is Cup that a on drop, or he missed it. I mean, <laughs> you, yeah, we all saw it. <laughs> right, right. Lost it in the lights. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you, is it is it air center fielder EA <laughs> when he loses in the lights and it just drops? He I like touch that. It? I don't know. EWR. Yeah, go ahead. Um, but then Cooper Cup dropped one. We'll never yep. see that again. Oh, a Robin wow. Cup dropping two touchdowns in the same game, and Stafford missed Cup on one. Yeah, uh, and then you have the Cam Akers, you know, fumble. There's. A world that exists where the Rams score four additional touchdowns and throttle the Cardinals. They don't just win wire to wire. I still think they're they're getting better, and I think Sean McVay has made this. I'm after Buffalo because there was nothing you can do before Buffalo because we were still you know talking about defending champs, dropping banners, rings, and whatnot. So, um, but since then, I think it's been this is a different football team, and th- this is just the 2022 Rams, and everyone is getting better incrementally and this offense look look at what they've been through the running back situation was in flux week one because of stuff we didn't know the offensive line keeps taking hits um you you're still trying to work Allen robinson into the offense you know we're, we're still trying to get familiar if we're trying to get familiar so is matthew Stafford. he needs so, to have a good game this week don't i you think, think so yeah i do so there's a lot that they're working through, but still, even if you look at those numbers and they look low to me, that's like asking your kid, did you do the best you could? Yeah, I think I can do better. Well, yeah, there's more there. So you have a chance to grow. But I think they've been doing great so far with what they've had to deal with. And this, hopefully, we don't know yet. It's early in the week. It's Thursday. And with the long week into Monday's game, uh, we haven't seen so much as an injury report yet Mm -hmm. uh, as we sit here. But it stands to be the first time all season that the Rams have the same five offensive lines starting week to week. So you hope there's some continuity there that will benefit uh, run game and pass pro. But the biggest thing that I took away from last week that I think will give the Rams an opportunity to hold off this 49ers pass rush and defense is the screen game clicked. Mm -hmm. And when I look at Nick Bosa and when I look at Eric Armstead and when I look at Drake Jackson and when I look at our old friend Samson Abukam, This is a ferocious pass rush, and they do it in a very Buffalo-like way, which is to say they don't need to send extras to puncture your pocket. Oh, no doubt. They can get you with four. It's a a point of pride. I can only imagine what their practices look like. Looking at their offensive line and the way they operate, and then you look at the defense – 
wow, that training camp must have been, you know, high-powered and heated. Uh, so, but fun. But, yeah, uh, so the screen game is going to be big. I'm glad that Tyler Higby has returned, the greatest tight end in Ram history. Can we say that or not yet? He's a, he needs one more touchdown to tie and two to take the all-time lead. Well, he's getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah, I mean. For, I, he's not a lot of good. He hasn't found the end zone yet. Maybe Monday's the night. Maybe. So, I mean, look, Jalen Ramsey is rounding in the form. So is Tyler Higby. And it's you you're going to need everybody on Monday night but that screen game is going to be huge but at some point you're going to have to go one on one with Bosa you're going to have to go one on one with Samson Ebocom and you're going to have to keep them off Matthew Stafford you know we just you're going to have some third and longs in this game so when Rob Havenstein went down in Glendale yeah. and he he got back up and he came back into the game so hopefully he's ready to rock on Monday night but while he was down my mind raced ahead to this game and Nick Bosa Please get up. Please stay healthy. I mean, yeah. for lots of reasons, because the Rams have lost a starter at each game along the way here along their offensive line, which has been you know, really just tough to stomach. But because Havenstein is now the de facto leader of that group, mm-hmm. and I knew what was coming next, which was Bosa. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, th- when I followed Rob off the field, and this is the thing I noticed, the guy never grimaced once. I mean, I'm sure he was in pain, but he wasn't going to show it. That's leadership. So he, he went from getting rolled up and taped up off the field and back in like 10 minutes. I mean, that is leadership. That's what he's out there for. You know, that's the gray beard. That's the Andrew Whitworth type type stuff that everybody aspires to. I want to be as tough as Rob Havenstein. So I thought that was huge. But like you said, Nick Bosa is tough. I looked at his sacks. He's got four, right? Correct. Three of those four came in the second half. But he does have 11 quarterback hits to lead the NFL. But that's he's a load. He's always coming to get the quarterback. He's got a great power rush, uh, speed to power. But he's also an information gatherer, which means in, he's going to like let you – he's going to get into your cadence, and by the second half, he's in your rhythm. And then that get-off is unstoppable. So you're going to have to slow him down with those screens you mentioned. Yeah, some of those slow-mo replays in that uh, Sunday night game against Denver gave me uh, cold sweats. And the 49ers defense under D'Amico Ryans, to their credit, I mean, they've been elite. We'll see whether it's a factor of the competition they've played, and we'll ask Nick Wagner about that coming up next on four down territory but there's no way around a month of work giving up less than four yards per play oh no doubt that's legit the d-line is good you just mentioned those like fred warner come on man he's a human vacuum cleaner and the tufanga the safety the extra guy in the box if you want to load it up i they, mean they they're lose, pretty tough they lose jimmy ward and are still situated pretty well at safety Absolutely. because of uh talanoa hafunga he is really really good so and they it's a simplistic scheme. They just put you in a phone booth and start swinging. Have you seen that new mix, MMA? They have MMA in a phone booth now. No. I'll show it to you. It's they a went red from phone octagon booth. to two, phone booth? Two guys get in the phone booth and go at it. But why? I, you tell me. Beca- I know you're because, a fight guy. <laughs> because they ask. What's your temperature on that? Good uh, idea, bad idea? I've like, seen one fight. I, is I, it gimmicky? I, no, it's brutal. The If you get hurt in a, in a phone booth... The guy's just wailing on you, like, and there's nowhere to go. You fall, yeah. So it's the same with the 49ers. He puts you in the phone booth, and they start beating you up. All right. So which fullback do you want in that phone booth, Ben Skoranek or Kyle Uzcheck? Ooh, I think I'll take Benny Sko. You're just, I, you're I like saying Juszczyk. that because of your colors. No, I like Uzcheck. I do. I think he's a, he's a problem. Do you see that back shoulder catch he made up against the sideline last week? Beautiful. I but mean, I think Benny Sko can turn that up. As a receiver and keep going. Yeah, but beautiful catch. You ever seen a fan base do as much of a 180 on one player as no. they have for Ben <laughs> Well, not in the positive. 
the negative definitely okay, fair enough. went from loving yeah. to hating, but not like this. But well, if if um if we were to get like political here, I'm not trying to get political, but if we were to take like a a poll. Yeah. What do you think Skoranek's approval rating would have been dropping a potential touchdown in the end zone at SoFi Stadium in the NFC Championship game, whatever that low point would have been? Yeah, yeah. To right now? Uh, he was in the negative. <laughs> he was in the negative, and yeah, he's almost he's almost president now. <laughs> he's almost there, yeah, no doubt. And it's made a dent. I mean... Yeah. Well, I, you know, Sean McVay said he doesn't read that stuff, and I'm glad he doesn't, but... Oh, no, he was oblivious to He the, knew what yeah. he had in that guy. You know, you just have to figure out how to use him. And Ben Skoranek is a talent. He's a very physical guy that can play special teams, a, a defensive mentality that's also a wide receiver. He's a receiver, so he can play fullback, but he can also slip by you and go. That catch in Arizona, I didn't think he stepped out, but that's a receiver. That's not a fullback yeah. down there. Yeah, I mean, we saw it firsthand in his first training camp. He was you know, a day three guy, back end of the draft, special teams pick, and he comes into that first training camp and he's got immediate rapport with Stafford. Remember he broke his arm in the first preseason I game do. and you're thinking, oh, now what do you do? Do you put him on an injured list? Do you try and sneak him through waivers, get him back to your practice squad? No, no, no. The Rams saved a spot for him on their 53-man roster. They knew. They knew that he was going to be a part of their future. So it may have taken a while, but uh, now he's very much a part of the game plan going to face the 49ers. And I think that means good things for Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, who um, had positive indicators, I think took nice steps forward. But they still need, I think, to have their best game of the year for the Rams to get out of Levi Stadium with a victory. Can we argue for a hot minute? Bring it. Cam Akers did not fumble. Buda Baker knocked it out. I felt that way. <laughs> I felt that way, too. Yeah, I Marshall felt that Fla- way, too. And that's why yeah. I asked... Uh, what's your rule? Like for the Rams, what is your rule on extending the football? And it was point blank, fourth down only. Right. Uh, Look, it was, it was unfortunate. What happened? Marshall Falk made me laugh one day when we first became teammates. We were talking about turning the ball over and he looked us in the eye, looked me in the eye and said, I have never fumbled in my life. Now I just finished watching 16, 18 games of Marshall. I'm like, I saw you put the ball on the ground. He goes, Nope, I've never fumbled in my life. Like, what are you talking about? So I'm getting ready to show him. He goes, no, it's been stripped, Yeah, but I've never fumbled. <laughs> Other guys getting paychecks right. have gotten the ball away from me. But, but he's right. That was just a great shot, but still, it was unfortunate. But if imagine if Cam Akers had put that in. That's what I'm saying. Game is over, and we're talking about him all week. If Allen Robinson snags that slant mm-hmm. and, and you don't settle for three, if Cam Akers punches one of those in, if they get either one of the deep shots to Cooper Cup, uh, I don't think we're talking about the Rams being due offensively. I think we're saying they finally found it going to San Francisco. Agreed. One other thing I looked up on Akers, I found it interesting. He had only lost one career fumble before that disastrous divisional trip to Tampa Bay last year. Um, over 200 carries, one fumble to start his career. So he's been proven to be ball secure. Now, circumstances have changed. He had two in Tampa, uh, one last week against Arizona. I just hope it doesn't get into his head. I don't want to be between his ears. I've heard this before, and I think we had this conversation in Cincinnati about him that he does everything a 1,000 miles an hour. So now imagine a guy that's coming back off injury that's pretty much in a competition that gets – "Quote unquote," benched by his coach. Yeah. Then he gets an opportunity, and he's a thousand miles an hour guy. And now he feels like he has to prove it. So instead of just trying to do too much, just play your game. That's how you hold on to the yeah. football. I, yeah. I'm going to say something about Sean McVay too, and he's by no means perfect. He yeah. would not say as much, but I, I do think I like the way this has gone through the month of September. Right? He felt like he needed to 
get Cam Akers in a better place, needed to demand more of him. But when he was at a low point after fumbling that, he picked him up, right? Yes. He, he put his arm around him. Yeah. You know, metaphorically speaking, and he lifted him up because I think there was more to build on from week three in Arizona than there was to criticize or tear down. No so doubt. I, I hope that that's a very good sign about where they're at and where Akers is going Where's in this my offense. numbers? I had something I was going to show you now that you mentioned it. It was Cam Akers when he took the game over. This is when Arizona went dink and dunk, right? Mm-hmm. He had like five straight carries that were like 36 yards or like 45 yards. So he churning, moving chains. Pace in the offense. Yeah. He, had took, he had taken the game over. It was awesome. And yeah. I think there's a lot more to be had there with him and Daryl both as pass catchers. I, I hope we're sitting in these seats next week talking about, hey, they impacted the game running, but also receiving. I, I think they're both plus-plus receiving backs. So we haven't really seen that component much of the Rams' offense, but it could be out there. All right, time to step aside, but coming up next, we've got Nick Wagner for Four Down Territory. We'll get the latest on the 49ers as the Rams prepare to hit the road again in division play. They're atop the standings at 2-1. and one. Can they really create some separation on Monday Night Football? You're listening to Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to this week four edition of Rams All Access. I'm JB Long, DeMarco far back momentarily, but it's time for four down territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. Monday night football at Levi's in Santa Clara. Uh, We are pleased to be joined by Nick Wagner, who's been with us on this program uh, throughout the years. He is the 49ers beat reporter for ESPN. Nick, how are you this week? I'm doing well, JB. How are you? Uh, it's always good to hear from you, and uh, so much has changed, but so much stays the same. What is the latest on the Jimmy Garoppolo experience? Yeah, experience is a good word for it, JB. It has been quite an experience. Just this, this offseason alone, all the kind of wild machinations that led to him coming back to, to San Francisco in the first place, and then now as the starting quarterback, unfortunately, uh, because of an injury to Trey Lance. But uh, this is a, a really different you know, take on this than what it has been in the past because he has been the starter going into the season. There's been no doubt about that in years past. And this year when the season started, he was the backup and he had to accept a significant pay cut to do that, to stay here. And then he kind of tried to, you know, fade into the background as much as he could just, just kind of be there to support Trey Lance and start getting ready. But, you know, he started his first game of the season against Denver last week. He struggled mightily in that game, particularly in the second half. And, and a lot of the things that you saw from him, though, were things that you have seen from him a lot. You know, a lot of people pointed to the fact that he didn't have a full offseason program. He was working to recover from that shoulder injury. And all of that is true. But the same th- at the same time, what happened in that game was a lot of what you've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo over the years, which is some good things and some big mistakes that are really costly. And so I think he's still kind of in a, in a situation now where he's getting healthy, first of all, getting all the way back. He talked a little bit about how, after the game, about how his arm, uh, arm fitness isn't quite all the way back yet. So that's part of it. Getting back into a groove, getting the reps with the first-team offense, this is only the second week that he's done that. Um, and then trying to kind of get back to where he's been in the past. All right, Nick Wagoner is our guest here on Rams All Access, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. We call it four-down territory. Uh, Garoppolo's task won't get any easier without one of the best left tackles in the entire National Football League. Uh, How long are the Niners expecting to be without Trent Williams? Yeah, it's going to be probably four to six weeks or so. It's a a high ankle sprain, and there's actually some history, recent history, and, and Rams fans will be familiar with this too, where Trent Williams suffered a high ankle sprain in the playoffs last year in Green Bay in the divisional round. 
And then he pushed through it and played on the same, the very same injury and actually to the same ankle, his right ankle, in that NFC Championship game against the Rams. And when we talked to him for the first time after that in June uh, during OTAs, Trent Williams openly said, I wish I hadn't played through that. I wish I hadn't done that. I wasn't, I wasn't myself. And it, it created a situation where it took longer for him to get healthy. He wasn't back healthy again, he said, until April after that. So that's not going to happen this time. The 49ers, are, he's, he's going to be out for a little bit. I think their hope is that it'll be on the lower end and be closer to four weeks. They don't think it's going to take surgery. But this is a situation where they definitely don't want to push it and make it worse so where he would have a similar recovery timeline of like three months, which is what he had earlier in the year. So now they turn to Colton McKivitz, who was the guy who replaced Trent Williams actually last year in the Week 18 game against the Rams um, and would have been the replacement in the NFC Championship game if Trent Williams hadn't played there. But I would expect, and, you know, Rams fans, and, and you remember this well, JJP, about when these two teams meet, the 49ers will be trying to get the ball out extremely quickly because unlike last year, this offensive line has a lot of question marks, a lot of young players, uh, guys without a lot of experience starting, and it's especially true now that you take Trent Williams out of the equation. Yeah, I don't want to underplay that injury whatsoever, but I think fans yeah. of this series and these two fan bases know uh, that the 49ers are more than capable of – of beating the Rams with or without starting offensive linemen. They've done it throughout the recent years. All right, question number three for Four Down Territory and our guest Nick Wagner. I'm curious about Debo's numbers, uh, this rematch with Cooper Cup, two of the best receivers in the National Football League. Is he suffering because of the offensive circumstances around him, or is there more to the story? I think there's a few things going on here, JB. And, and, and first of all, I, I do think that the player who benefits the most from having Garoppolo back in the mix uh, versus Trey Lance is Debo Samuel because some of the things, some of the throws that Trey Lance struggles with are that those you know intermediate and shorter passes that get set up run after catch opportunities, which is where Debo excels, and that is an area where Jimmy has always been very good and was last year. Um, and I, and I think as Jimmy kind of rounds back into form, you're going to see Debo's numbers go up on the receiving end. The rushing side of things is a little bit more interesting, and Kyle Shanahan has, has talked about this on the record, the, the idea that obviously teams now expect it, so when they see Debo in the backfield, they're not caught off guard. There's no surprises there. But the other part of that is, is there are so many teams around the league that are running similar offenses to what the 49ers run now, and you know, the Rams obviously being one of those teams. But they're seeing this, defenses are seeing this in practice uh, more often. And, and similar looks that even if you put Debo in a different spot, teams can be prepared for it. So it's kind of a combination of things, and you have to factor, I just mentioned that offensive line, you have to factor some of that in there as well. They did play in a monsoon in week one in Chicago, which you know can't be forgotten about either. But um, there are a number of, of factors kind of leading to that. But I do expect, especially with Garoppolo at quarterback, his receiving numbers will start to be back on the uptick. And they even were last week. Uh, before that second half. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fascinating to see this for the first time with Bobby Wagner, too, in the middle of the Rams defense, mm-hmm. given the success he's had against the Niners in his history. DeMarco Farr and I have already touched on that in this program. Final question for Nick Wagner. We appreciate him carving out some time before Monday Night Football to preview Rams and Niners, uh, first of two meetings at least here in 2022. Um, is this defense elite, Nick? Are we buying this as one of the best defenses in the National Football League, or are the offensive they've, offenses they face so far just lackluster? I, I think the answer is yes to both questions. Uh, they, I think they are an elite defense, and I think they, they started to show that. Uh, you saw at the end of last year, really, the defense was kind of the thing that got them through to that NFC Championship meeting with the Rams. But 
two things can also, you know, the both things can be true, and I think that's the case here where, you know, they faced some teams, the Bears, which is not a great offense to begin with, and in a monsoon, and then in week two, the Seahawks are just kind of are what they are. They're trying to figure things out. Uh, and then last week, Denver still looks like they're, you know, trying to figure things out too. But if you look at the talent on that defense, it, it isn't a surprise that they're good, and I think they will continue to be good. Now, are they going to keep giving up just 3.9 yards of play? Probably not. That would be a historic, a historic type of performance. Uh, even last year's defense, which was very good, I think gave up 5.1. So that tells you kind of the big, the big difference that you're seeing. So this will be, without question, the biggest first test of the season for that defense. I think the big challenge for them, if they want to be that truly elite group, JB, is can they start getting takeaways? Can some of those balls that they knock out, you know, there was a couple of times in that Denver game they could have put the game away if they had fallen on a fumble or caught a tipped pass that could have been an interception. If they can start getting more of those, I think that's going to be the thing that takes them to a higher level. But they're doing this right now without Jimmy Ward, who I, for my money is one of the most underrated safeties in the league. He's going to be back in week five. Uh, so they have a chance to only get better um, even as the competition increases. Yeah, Los Angeles has seen plenty of Jimmy Ward, and you've seen plenty of this rivalry. Real quick, bonus question. It feels to me like the locker rooms are finally bought into this, right? The fan bases have always <laughs> gone back and forth. But going back to training camp, certainly the games last year, like it feels like a full-tilt rivalry now, does it not? No question, no question. And it's you get the, you get the L.A. and San Francisco thing and the Rams have kind of, you know, rebuilt roots there now. So I think people get into that side of it. And then you have the whole, you know, stadium takeovers that, that goes on with the fans. And even the players, you know, Aaron Donald openly talks about disliking the 49ers. You had the whole thing with him and Debo. It's fun. It really is. And it's nice to have those rivalries again, especially when the two teams have so many connections and so many similarities into, you know, what their coaches want to do and schematically and their coaches' relationships and, and all of those types of things. It certainly makes it for a fun for a fun game, and especially when you put it on a good stage like Monday Night Football. Yeah, that's well said. I mean, after they come down here uh, at the end of October, it'll be five head-to-head meetings in the trailing 12 months. That's a lot. Familiarity breeding contempt. All right, Nick, thank you. Uh, no, that's not true between us, by the way. Familiarity built friendship <laughs> uh, between us. We appreciate all the work that you do for ESPN. You got it, JB. Take care. All right. Nick Wagner covering the 49ers for four down territory. DeMarco Farr back as we go around the division and update our playoff eliminator contest next. You're listening to Rams All Access, a Monday Night Football Week 4 edition here on 710 ESPN. All right. Welcome back to Rams All Access. DeMarco Farr, JB Long. It's Monday Night Football in Week 4. The Rams and the Niners head to head for what, the fourth time in the last year? And by the time they meet again at SoFi Stadium, uh, on the other side of the bye, at the end of October, it'll be five head-to-head meetings in a 12-month time frame. You want to talk about two mixed martial artists in a phone booth. Oh, yeah. That's where we are right now with San Francisco and L.A., the way it should be. It's 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 a hatred, man. I mean, I, I'm so glad the Rams got it done in the, in the NFC Championship game uh, because it put them in the Super Bowl so they can become champions. But... Just going back to that week 18, when just they showed up and how rude they were. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. So, if not on the field, definitely the fan bases. It's back. That rivalry is back. Yes. All right. Let's go around the division, and then I have a playoff eliminator proposal for you this week. Okay. Oh, boy. I'm curious to see if you'll take me up on this offer. (laughs) All right. Uh, I see opportunity this week. And, you know, we always look at what's going on around the division, but I don't think you ever really 
think about what could be because you, you don't you don't control those other games. But because the other teams play Sunday and you're just sitting there watching, it's not lost on me that week four has Seattle at Detroit. That's a very winnable game for the Lions, right? Mm-hmm. They might even be the favorite in that game. Arizona is at Carolina. I don't see any reason that Carolina can't beat the Arizona team we saw last week. Do you? I got one. What? He's at quarterback for the He's Panthers. wearing number one. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you said that. I always have to remind myself that Kyler Murray is not the same guy when the Niners, when the Rams, excuse me, are in town. He's just yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. It's bad body language. It's bad outcomes with one exception. The Rams have his number, and when he gets outside of the Royal and Soul, he's Pro Bowl worthy. You're right. No doubt. But if one or both of those go against the NFC West, you wouldn't be shocked, right? Not at all. So there's a scenario... Monday night, 5-15 Pacific, where the Rams are taking the field with a chance to go two games up in the standings, in the entire division, and have head-to-head advantages over Arizona and San Francisco. If you take care of business. That's what I'm like. Yeah, yeah. You have to take care of business. It is so early. Please please don't accuse me no, of no. getting ahead of myself, but I'm just saying it would not shock me if Monday we're just sitting on standings that have Seattle and Arizona with three losses and a chance to give the 49ers a third loss too. Look, football is, is football. You got to go week to week, but somebody in there has to think like you're thinking, which means in, in a chess type world. If we can if Seattle loses, Arizona loses and we beat San Francisco in Monday night, that puts us in the driver's seat in the NFC West, which means you're one step closer to where you want to be. Home playoff game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah. and honestly, forget those games Sunday. Who cares about those? Who's the who's the big challenger to the Rams in the division right now? San Francisco. I mean, it's not even yeah. close, right? Especially having one in pocket already against Arizona. This is eerily similar to some recent trips to Levi's. It seems like the last three years, San Francisco's been bogged down. But they're able to spark their year, get back on track by beating the Rams. In some instances, save their season. Uh, In the immortal words of the late Danny Green, the Rams have let them off the hook going back to 1920 and 21. It's been far too long since they had a chance to really put the lights out against their rivals. We'll see if they take advantage. you got buddies and college buddies, right? When you guys get together, the the dynamics show up. You're the alpha. You're the guy that doesn't say anything. You're the funny guy. I wonder what happens when Shanahan, McVay, and Kingsbury get together. (laughs) I want to see those dynamics. I really do. Well, remember the the question last winter when uh, McVay was asked if Shanahan's kind of in his head? What did he say? No, it was one of his press conferences. No, of course. I mean, no. Um, But that, I mean, for a number of reasons, that's why the NFC Championship game was uh, so cathartic. Yep. No doubt. Uh, Playoff eliminator proposal for you. Here's a reminder to our audience. Each week, uh, DeMarco and I uh, pick teams that we think are toast. The goal is to assemble a portfolio of teams that are not going to make the playoffs. Uh, We get a point for each team that eventually is eliminated. However, if you pick a team and that team makes the playoffs... Game over. It's game over. Right. So let's go back to week one. I grabbed the New York Jets. Actually, DeMarco has the first pick, but I'll, I'll say it in this order sequentially. I take the New York Jets. Okay. The Jets are one and two. They are getting their quarterback back, yeah, but they're going to Pittsburgh this week. DeMarco's first pick overall. Is this right? Go ahead. The Miami Dolphins, the 3-0 and Miami Dolphins, That's fresh right. off a win over Buffalo, world-beating <laughs> Buffalo, and they're playing Thursday Night Football right now, but... You're in trouble, my friend. This is not good for you. I okay. So here's the thing. It's I don't. Bad look, for the, I don't look good right at this moment. Not at this moment. Not at this moment. It doesn't look good. But here's yeah. the thing. It's bad for the show. It's bad for the game. Yeah. If I'm 
disincentivized from playing because I think you've got a bust in your hand right now. Okay. So I'm sta- I could be setting you up. I'm standing on 11 here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, right? So I can either stand pat for weeks and maybe months, or I can offer you this proposal. I'll give you a breakfast ball. I'll wow. give you a mulligan. Yep. I will delete the Miami Dolphins from your hand. But I want one back down the road. Down the road. I ha- Okay, you'll... Wow. I'm not saying you have to take it, but this is a one-time offer. This will not be here next week. You can either okay. ride with the three and zero, potentially is this four a one-time, and zero, one time offer. One time offer. They this be, is a one time. They offer. could be four and zero by the end of tonight. Can we re- revisit next week? No, no, we can't. Now or never. Now oh or never. Oh my god! Because I still don't believe in Miami, even though they up jumped and beat Buffalo. I'm I, not saying you're wrong if you want to yeah, ride, yeah. but. But you won't pick another team you, because you think this is it for me. If you go to the next tee box, the mulligan is no longer available for use. Oh. Adam, what do you think you should do? Oh, Adam Bronstein, our producer he wants behind me the to glass. Take the mulligan. Absolutely, you need to take the mulligan. But I don't believe in Miami. You? I do not believe in Miami. Like it doesn't matter. Arizona God, was man. unbeatable for the first God, six you're weeks. Terrible in Vegas, and then they f- they fell off a cliff. Do you want to hear the Miami Dolphins? Uh, Chances of making the postseason right now, according to 538. Was it like 75%? 88%. <laughs> 88%. Their projected okay, record I'll is 12 and 5. I will take the mulligan. Take okay. the mulligan. I'm taking, take the mulligan. I'm taking the Dolphins off. And here's the other thing. Uh, it's It is no. your it is your tee box because I picked the Atlanta Falcons last week. They won in Seattle to get to uh, 1 and 2. They're hosting Cleveland this week. So I now have the Jets and the Falcons. You are empty. You are empty and you can, you can either take a team or you can... Can he punt for another week, Adam? No, no, no. Let me see. No, I think if he passes here, I can grab another, right? Yeah, like yeah. just to yeah, kinda, I'm not going to yeah. pass you know, here. Let me, you uh, you've got first rider refusal let, this week, but uh, I have two teams on my wish list that I want. If if you take one or neither of them, I'm going to make a pick. I'm not. You know what? Okay, who did you pick again? I have the Jets and the Falcons. I'll take Houston then. All right, they I'll were t- on my list. I'll take the Texans. Okay, you got the 0-2. Texans. O two and one. You know what? You want to know where I'm going next? Where are you going next? The Seattle Seahawks. You're going to take them, okay? You know, I was either thinking it's going to be Seattle or Arizona. Seattle, I think, is the safer bet. Yeah. Yeah. I just think yeah, I think our old friend Jared Goff is going to get uh, Gino and Pete Carroll this week. Watch. At the end of the year, I'm going to be right on Miami. I'm looking at you, Adam. I'm okay. going to be right on Miami. All right. Watch. <laughs> so we delete the Dolphins, but uh, I have a freebie. I have a freebie. I can get a little aggressive oh, here midseason, knowing that come November or December, if necessary, I, gave him a I can hit eject. <laughs> All right, DeMarco, we will see you Monday night. Yes, sir. In the South Bay, Santa Clara Levi Stadium. Rams looking for a road win in the division for the second consecutive week. For DeMarco Farr and for Adam Bronstein, our producer, I'm JB Long. Thank you for listening to Rams All Access on 710. ESPN.